0: It's a Texas showdown in the postseason, don't we know it? And Bet Online is your number one source for all of your baseball wagering info, with up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals for the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on stats, news, and odds. We have everything you need to stay up to speed on each LCS all the way through to the World Series. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code BLEAV to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. It's ALCS Game Three in South Oklahoma. Javier versus Scherzer. Blummer makes a very bold prediction. But what else is new for Blumstradamus? Let's talk about it right now on Believe in Astros. What's up, H Town? Welcome to the Believe in Astros podcast. Your home for. All Things Astros, with your hosts, sports writer Jeff Balky and Astros broadcaster and former third baseman Jeff Blum. Now, here's Balky and Blubber. What is up, Astros fans? Welcome to episode 95 of the Believe in Astros podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network. I'm Jeff Balky, alongside my partner, Jeff Blum, and we're just hours away from game three of the ALCS in South Oklahoma. Um, Plummer, (laughs) how are you doing today?
1: I'm good. Yeah. South Oklahoma at mimic
0: made park. That's, that's right. Your favorite. I got to tell you, uh, you know, we'll jump right into this. It's been a gloomy few days. I mean, the weather has been absolutely spectacular in Houston, but we have a pair of Astros losses now to contend with, you know, I've been thinking about it quite a bit. You know, uh, and watching, obviously, as uh, you know, the games is <laughs> I'm, I hate, by the way, I hate watching us pitch. I always do. It's like one of my <laughs> I just don't like it. It just makes me too feel too weird. I love watching us hit, um, but I, I suffer for everyone else out there. That's why I do this is for all of you. Um, but we've seen a little bit of the same old Astros from this year. Uh, one pitching good outing, one pitching bad outing a lot of silent bats outside of Jordan Alvarez who continues to remain just unbelievable. Uh, What's going, what what do you, have you seen from the, is this more of what we've seen through the season here that the whole, we are who they thought we were kind of thing.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, I I was kind of hoping after that uh, Minnesota series that things would start to match up a little bit better with good pitching, good hitting, good defense, and all of a sudden we're rolling again into that ALCS and take care of a team that we've taken care of throughout the course of the season. But at the same time, that ugly home record just continues to rear its head and say, hey, remember me? And that's kind of where we sit now.
0: It's just so crazy. I mean, have have you looked at some of the batting numbers? For this series, so far, pitching the numbers aren't much better.
1: I mean, JD had a great start, but overall, the pitching has <clears throat> been just as bad as the offense.
0: Yeah, except for the bullpen, which has been spectacular. Oh, but starting pitching's ridiculous. Been, They're so yeah. good. Um, but if you look at the hitting stats for the just, let's go to the whole postseason. They have, I mean, Jordan, of course, is is Jordan. <laughs> I mean, he's beyond human. Honestly, Jose Abreu's OPS is 972, but a lot of that is due to the fact that he had three home runs in that first series. Um, Michael Brantley, in fewer appearances, has a a 1081 OPS, which is incredible. But some of these numbers are crazy. I mean, uh, Alex Bregman is finally getting close at 758 OPS with 217 average. Jose Tuve is batting 160. His OPS is mm. 472. And then look, as much as we've all wanted Yiner Diaz in there, Yiner's got a big 0 for. He's 0 for 10 with five strikeouts. Um, it's It's been wild to watch these bats just really crater. Uh, and you also didn't mention really the one important name. situations. What's that? Which name? I know where you're going, I bet. I bet you I know. Tucker. Yes! Yes! And it's, it's next in my notes. So check this out. I pulled this up the other day because I was very curious to see what his mm. career postseason numbers are. And it's mm. not great. I mean, yep. for his career, his slash line is 238, 307, 394 with an OPS of 701. And Ooh. on top of that, this is incredibly crazy he's appeared in 57 games and in those 57 games he has 48 strikeouts i mean that is not at that is not at all the kyle tucker that we are used to and you know he's at the center of this they're talking about moving him down the order for tonight's game i haven't seen the lineups yet i don't think they're out i mean what do i mean
1: again we're going on the road is this going to change everything (laughs) Dude, well, Kyle Tucker rakes in Arlington. The last couple of years, he has absolutely dominated the Rangers in that ballpark. Yeah. You just hope that, that that translates into the postseason. But I would right. like to go back to a World Series in 2017 where game one, right. a George Springer at the leadoff position punched out every single at bat. And his manager right. stepped up and said, George is my guy. He's going to be in my leadoff spot. I'm going to run with him because he's been there all season long. He proceeded to go on a tear and win the MVP. I kind of feel that moving Tucker down would send the wrong message and maybe not be the best idea because you're still relying on this guy. If you are going to win series in the postseason, even though you haven't had to in the past, you need Kyle Tucker to get going. You need him to find his way. And I don't know if moving him down in the lineup and limiting his at-bats is going to do that.
0: Look, I totally agree with you on that. I don't think you can move him around. It's just uh it seems weird. You either stick with your guys or you don't. Um, Who you and replace this, him with yeah, exactly. Like, what are you gonna? I mean, and and I, I get maybe if you're if you're if it's a lefty, you might think about it or something. But I just don't know. It doesn't make any sense. And the problem is so much deeper than that. In the lineup at the moment, um, with so many mm-hmm. of these guys, I I was saying that the. to to last week I was talking about this saying that really the Astros need to be the Astros team that we've seen. They need to prolong at bats against starters. Even if they're not necessarily getting hits, they need to get up there, prolong at bats because they need to get into the Rangers bullpen. And that this game needed to be a series of the Astros hitters versus the Rangers bullpen and the Rangers hitters versus the Astros starters. Well, we haven't really gotten that so much but when we have their bullpen has been pretty good um certainly much better than it's been and we're just not getting the results which is it's been very frustrating it's hard to understand exactly why
1: yeah, it's crazy. I apologize if you can hear my dog snoring in the background. Good grief. She <laughs> nice. is out. We've, we've, we've just <laughs> completely put her to sleep. But, you know, that, that being said, um, you know, I, th- I think it's pretty evident that Bochy has a couple of guys in that bullpen that he likes to go to with Spores right. and mm-hmm. uh, LeClerc. They have LeClerc. been fantastic. Down, the, you know, Arolda Chapman got to Jordan Alvarez, got smashed, and Bochy couldn't get out of that dugout fast enough. If he actually That's had right. ligaments left in his knees, he might have been out there quicker. <laughs> But you know, but like you said, awesome. you've got to force Bruce Bochi to use guys to get to those guys. And that's where the that's where the, you know, the weakness might be for the Texas right. Rangers. I think what's even more interesting, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, in the sense that extend some of these at bats, fight through some of these at bats, make them throw you five, six pitches yeah. in an at bat, and see if you can't pile up some numbers and knock them out quickly, and force Bochy you to, you know, some of those bridge guys. But at the same time, you've, you're going to face Max Scherzer in Game Three. We don't know how far he's been stretched out. Right. We don't know how he's going to react to the situation. Yes, he's very good, and the Astros have you know, bashed him pretty good even when he's healthy, but you right. still need to put together some good at-bats, and if they're able to maybe put you know, 40, 50 pitches on him through three innings, that would put a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety out in there in that bullpen, and that's where you need to find your way out there to, to get to the middle part of that bullpen to create yeah. some havoc, create some damage, and start to force, you know, especially because you're going to have three games in a row, row right. in Texas. You could really thrash a bullpen if you're able to get to Scherzer early in game three.
0: Yeah. And and that's a really good point. And I think what's interesting to me about the notion of getting to their bullpen is that, is that the, the converse is true of the Astros. Like mm-hmm. you really, I mean, in, in truth um, whether Christian Javier has a good adding or not is not a huge concern. I mean, they obviously mm. the biggest key is just don't let them score a bunch of runs, but because they are big inning, you know, eaters. But if you look at if you look at Christian Hoppier and you say, okay, listen, if you can give us four innings and that's what you've got, cool. We can roll our guys out there and be pretty confident that we're going to be good. I'm not sure the Rangers can say the same thing. We just haven't put any pressure on them yet to make them prove it.
1: No, you're exactly right. You've gotten career outing. Well, Jordan Montgomery was a great pickup. Oh, that was a sneaky great so pickup. Uh, he's been great in the postseason. Uh, Nathan Evaldi made a couple of adjustments with his delivery. And yep. He's been fantastic in the postseason. So, but you know, you gave yourself an opportunity in game two because you did go out there and score four runs. If it wasn't for a four-run first inning and a complete right. uh, failure to execute by Framber Valdez you might have split that home series and been up in Arlington only having to win you know these next three games instead of being forced to win a game three but uh you know it's it's going to be paramount I would love to see five innings of Christian Javier doing what he did against Minnesota keeping that game close enough knock Scherzer out with a pitch count if not putting a ton of runs on him and knocking him out yeah. that way and then getting to that bullpen and really starting to ramp up some pitch counts and force Bochy to make some decisions in game four and game five but if the road Astros show up that should happen
0: well that's that's exactly it and and let's let's talk about fromber for a minute what happened to him in that game he's been such a mystery this year i mean he has a no hitter he th- has games where he's just spectacular and then he has games where it just doesn't look like he can he can't find the strike zone when he does he ends up throwing pitches just like right over the meat of the plate to guys that he oh, shouldn't man. be throwing to um and two strike you know, counts <clears throat> right now now jv he had a few problems, but he settled down and he made one mistake. Really, in that one pitch, mm-hmm. he, he hung a slider, and that happens. But with Fromber, it just never felt like he had any kind of control. And to see a guy like Fromber Valdez yanked after like two and two thirds innings, it's really kind of shocking, you know, to see a guy that's supposed to be one of your aces have to come out after that shorter period of time.
1: Yeah, and, and that resonates through that clubhouse, too, because if you're one of the eight yep. guys playing behind him, you know, I, I, you're sitting there going, okay, Frommer's on the mound, we're going to bounce back, you know, we'll score a mm-hmm. couple of runs, and he'll get us a bunch of ground balls, we'll turn we'll turn double plays behind him, we'll pick him up, and then it's, you know, cannon shot, cannon shot, you know, seeing eye base hit, broken bat single, and all of a sudden, he, right. he doesn't have – he doesn't – not yet – and I know he did last year. He, he pitched with a lot of poise last year, took his time, took some deep breaths, was able to regain focus. He hasn't been able to show that ability to regain focus after issues in an inning, and that's where I get a little worried. But what I mean by resonating through the, the clubhouse and resonating through the, the guys mm-hmm. playing behind him is, is you sit there and you're like, okay, seeing eye base hit, damn, tough break. Now we've got to run around first base. We can turn a double play. Fromber's a high ground ball guy. Another base hit error and then all of a sudden you're going oh no oh no you start to see the lug nuts start to go by the wayside and you keep rolling down the road and that tire goes flying and all of a sudden the train you know the car wreck happens and you're going damn we saw this coming how do we not fix that but uh, it it just seems like a lack of focus and i'm not going to blame it on the pitch clock but i feel like the pitch clock has affected from a little bit this year
0: i i could see that i i will say this too you mentioned it an error another error i mean this Mm -hmm. is something that we are look out of everything else you can the ups and downs with the team batting the ups and the struggles with pitching here and there. The one thing you could always count on with the Astros is that they would be solid defensively. That was the one thing you could really hang your hat on and say, "Listen, that
1: Minnesota series was exemplary defensively, yes. and they won handily." To your <clears> point, not
0: not just exemplary, really better than exemplary. I mean, it, it was mm-hmm. it was stellar. I mean, you know, Jeremy Pena and look. Jeremy Pena is clearly the best defensive player on this team. And he continues to make yeah. great plays. But, man, have they had some struggles on the infield with making plays. They seem to, be, they seem to have it held down pretty well in the outfield. Um, but, man, some mm. of the gaffes on the infield that they've had with throwing balls away or just not making plays when they need to really been shocking and, and definitely has had a huge impact on uh, the outcome of these ballgames. I mean, that one, that throwaway from Fromber, that's just, you can't do that.
1: No, no, it just can't can't, happen. During (laughs) the regular season, you can't give away outs. And it's postseason, you really can't give away outs to a team that's as hot as the Rangers are. No doubt.
0: I tell you what, Blummer, you played plenty of third base (laughs) over the course of your career. I mean, you know how hard it is to make these plays anyway. But Mm. when we see the Astros giving away some routine plays... That's where you really started. I mean, granted, not as bad as last night when Arizona decided to let a pop-up drop in the infield when nobody could decide who was going to catch it. That's when you knew the wheels were completely off for the Diamondbacks, mm-hmm. was when, uh, who's the, what's his name? The third baseman who's been around forever. Oh, Longoria. Out there. Yeah, Longoria comes up and he just finally, he's just like, he's shaking yep. his head. It's like, well, all right, this is, so this is what's happening. I yeah, understand that, that
1: whole game was a blocked punt. Yeah.
0: Oof, my Lord. I'm going to ask you about that in a minute, but what are the Astros? Okay. We know kind of what's happened. What are the Astros do to write this ship now that they're going to be up there in South Oklahoma in the sprawling metropolis of Arlington midway between Dallas and Fort Worth? Um, mm-hmm. What do they, I mean, right. Max Scherzer. We don't know what we're going to get from him coming back like this. What do they really need to do to sort of get this? Because it's a long – it's seven-game series. It's like your series ain't over. And God mm-hmm. knows the Astros can suddenly blow up on you. What do they need to do at this point?
1: They need to realize that they are in a hotel, they need to order room service, do whatever the routine is. I know that there's going to be a lot of families up there, but they need to find a way to just get in the routine of, I wake up when I want to wake up. I have the breakfast that I normally have. They're staying at a great hotel in in Arlington. Do what you do. See the sights. go to that lunch spot, just create the routine and the calmness of being in a place that you've been a great deal of time and put up some ridiculous numbers Go back and watch some of the video when you scored 39 (laughs) runs in three games. Go back and, and look at your record there in the last two years when you show up and it's 13 and three is your record in Arlington. This season alone, six and one in Arlington with the monster numbers I just told you about and get comfortable and sit back and go, man. We're going to a place where we we play in a lot of places where people hate us. They really hate us in, in South Oklahoma. So oh. let's go up there and really you know embrace the fans, suck in <clears throat> right. all the energy, the negative energy, and just return it through the swing and go out there and put up some numbers like we've done in the past because they know how the ball is going to bounce. They know that that turf is fast. They know that they're going to see the ball well, like Dusty said in that press conference yesterday. And they know that if they do get a hold of it, it has a chance to go a very long way in that ballpark. And they've proven that over the years. And Jose Altuve, like you're talking about with his four, you know, high mid 400 OPS, which is insane Hmm. to think about. Remember that time you hit four or five home runs in a row, man, let's get, man, that guy was pretty cool. Let's bring him back. (laughs) And then you've got some of these good vibes going, but it's all about good vibes and absorbing that negative energy and just returning it on them
0: it feels like almost like they need to jump on this early and <clears throat> they need to create look one of the things we talked about from that twin series the astros seemed to like they created traffic on the base paths you know they they just traffic get a guy on. everything in, in the postseason <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah jose altuve bunt himself on you'd get guys moving around the base paths. you you know they take risks with steals they'd be it, it, it was as if you know it felt more like there was that sense of urgency And certainly in Arlington, they should be able to represent that. I'm very curious, personally, to find out exactly what the crowd noise is going to be like. Because as you and I both know, that stadium is very well represented when it comes to Astros Mm. fans. I mean, the time I was up there this year, it was definitely at least um, Mm 50-50 in terms of Astros and Rangers fans. So I'm going to be real curious to hear what that stadium sounds like. Um, With Javier tonight... What is the, the like the key thing that Javier needs to do, really, to stay to stay in this? I mean, it, it seems like his command of the strike zone has gotten better, which is good. But what is sort of the key for him against this Rangers lineup to help keep him moving in that same right direction?
1: it's paramount to keep the ball in the ballpark. And I think that's, you know, I think we talked about yes. it a couple of podcasts ago where I would say, you know, hold down Seeger and Adoles Garcia. Yeah. You keep those two guys in the ballpark, you're going to be in good shape because you're going to force other people to drive <clears throat> in the runs. Right. Unfortunately, the backfire in that scenario is the Astros pitching has given up the world to the 7, 8, 9 hitters. Wait, who the hell is Leone
0: Tavares? Like, who the hell is only, Leone Tavares? He's only gotten out
1: once. He's only, they've only retired him once. So it would be nice to get rid of that guy and and give Marcus Simeon nobody on base to go hit with. You've got to control that lineup, and it should give you the opportunity. If you get through that one through six, you should be okay seven through nine. But credit to the Rangers, Mm -hmm. quality lineup, Jonah Heim hitting down there, Josh Mm -hmm. Young down there. Yep. Yep. Uh, You know, so you should be able to handle that for me. But for me, going back on Christian Javier, go back to, you know, a couple of his last two or three starts where we started to see that delivery kind of get back to normal, you know, strong on the backside. He's upright, tall. The extension is there on the fastball that creates that good four seam rotation when he rips down through it and it rides through the zone. But I've been really impressed in the last couple of outings here in in the postseason, late in the season, is that slider and curveball. The sliders looked really good. But he's also kind of flipped a couple of curveballs in there that they're curious about, just a change of pace and a change of break, where you can kind of see hitters yeah. recognize and they go, "What the hell is that?" And by the time they figure out what to do with it, it's a strike and he's ahead in the count. So uh, those three pitches have been great for him, and I think he did, he needs to continue that. Hopefully, uh, you know, I, I believe Maldonado is going to catch him again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't seen the lineup yet today, but um, I would imagine yeah, he's going to try and follow the same a similar sequence.
0: We're doing this at about, let's see, it's 120. I'm looking now. It doesn't look like the lineup's out yet. So um, Mm -hmm. I'm glad you mentioned that about about Javier's curveball. One of the things that I've really been impressed with him when he's really got it working is the ability to throw the curveball high and have it break Mm -hmm. back down into the zone. And fool guys, where it looks like that fastball is coming, it looks like that Mm four-seam fastball, And then suddenly it falls off the table and it's right in the middle of the plate. That is Mm -hmm. something that we haven't really seen that much from Javier earlier in the season when he was trying to figure things out. As the end of the season came around, you would see that where guys, it would just buckle guys. They would just stand there looking at it because they were not expecting it. And I think that's a big deal for him is to be able to get that pitch across. Because in the same way, if you throw that pitch enough and they see it, then the next thing you do is you start throwing it middle and it drops off the table completely. And then you get mm-hmm. swings and misses. I think that's been a real you get key get late for swings his game. on the
1: high fastball because it's in that same area and you're like, and you can't make the decision. You get blown
0: exactly. up. Exactly. I think that's been such a big part of his success in the last sort of like month of the season going into the postseason. And as a, I'm glad you brought that up because I just think it's a really good point that I don't think like we all love the invisible. We all think about you know the invisible and how that that fastball really is, is the bread and butter of his pitches. But that curveball has been wicked. Mm-hmm. It's been just super wicked. I love watching him. I love watching Christian Javier pitch. Anyway, it's like so the now guy you're never watch pitching. <laughs> <laughs> Well played, well played. Yes, yes, I will. It's, a whole, it's so hard in the postseason because it's so magnified. And I'm like, and I'm one mm-hmm. of those people, like I'm a reformed remote control breaker, right? Oh. So years and years ago, when I used to watch the Astros and Rockets and whatever, I was the guy that <clears throat> would get so worked up watching every game that I would have to throw <laughs> something, you know, and not at a TV, just usually at the floor. That's usually how yeah. it felt. So I got to the point where I'd have to carry like a Nerf ball or something just to, <laughs> but yeah, I, I broke my share of remotes later on in life. I realized, okay, maybe that's not a good idea. One, mm-hmm. which it's not, please don't do that. And two, it's I started expensive. thinking, you know what? I want to watch this for the play on the field or on the court or wherever it is. I don't want to watch this for the pure emotion of it. Now, some of that coincided with me writing about sports, which made it a little bit easier because I'm watching it so much more frequently and I'm having to look at it a little bit differently than as a pure fan. But admittedly, when I get in the postseason, I get worked. It's just (laughs) how it is. I get worked up, man. I get the win. Last year when Jordan hit that home run against Seattle, I was by myself in my house screaming Like, you know, so yeah, Mm -hmm. it's, it happens. So yeah, watching pitching is nerve wracking. (laughs) I can live with them striking out.
1: Yeah. It is. It's
0: just so, it's just like, you know, I'm just like, come on, man, come on, work with me, get me to a hitter so I can (laughs) leave. If they strike on a hit, it's frustrating, whatever, but I can sort of live with it. When they're up there pitching and a guy jacks one, I'm just like, God kill me Mm i can't take it so this is where my fandom really does start to come out there's no doubt about it how has it been for you now not i mean you're used to the postseason of not calling games but now you're doing some of the postgame stuff how has that been as a change for you it's it's got to be kind of different for you now right
1: yeah, it's different and, you know the home games. I'm actually in the stand. So it's kind of it's 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 a, it's harder to watch the game and get the information I need because I'm not sitting behind the plate or watching on a monitor mm-hmm. and I don't have both of my, you know, my computer and my iPad up telling me every single detail on every single pitch. So I'm lacking some of the intricate detail of a game. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, I'm watching it as a fan, so I understand the energy in the ballpark and things like that, and I can still kind of anticipate and try and, and figure some things out to get ready for the post game. but, you know, it's weird – Sitting in my seat in the stands taking notes. You know, I was gonna say Blumberg, you to, don't have
0: a workstation set up at your seat, man. I would think the Astros would put you no, up you get like three dude. monitors in front of you. You in the in the right there in section one oh three or whatever it is.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that would make way too much sense. But well, uh,
0: not only that, but you'd spill your beer too often. Probably do some damage. Yeah,
1: and yeah, it would, it would probably sacrifice the intake a little bit, but uh, you know, I have not sacrificed <laughs> that during the home games um but, but yeah on the road i'm able to sit there and watch the game a little more and mm-hmm. get on my computer and investigate a little bit to get some more detail and, and and be able to explain things a little bit better but it's fun to be able to be or at least you know act engaged and be on the field after everything that happens mm-hmm. um and, and be and feel like you're being a part of it yeah it's been a lot more fun in that sense
0: are you going to be in studio for the game tonight i mean yes, afterwards i will be there for post game. Okay, yeah
1: and I, I, unless the Rockets, unless the Rockets trump what we're trying to do again, I don't think the Rockets preseason. I think it's tomorrow.
0: It's the Rockets, because that's yeah. when they play. I think they're going to play Wimby. It's either tomorrow. I'm not the sure. Priority. What <laughs> Blumber? It is. Jeez, I mean, it is just the playoffs after all, and this is oh, for the uh, for the for the for the Rockets. It's the- no Blumber. I'm sorry to say. The Rockets are playing tonight, and
1: listen—that oh, means in, we probably in, won't be on until like
0: midnight. Then, awesome. In fairness, you can talk about. You can also talk about Wimby playing for San Antonio. Oh, yeah. You mentioned yeah. they're playing San Antonio. So, yeah, a little Wimby talk uh, in the post game as well. Talk about her. a
1: wingspan. But His I, release point would be like halfway to home plate.
0: I was just thinking that pitching. Can Jeez. you mention him batting? He'd have to stand like outside the batter's box. Yeah, his arms Good would work.
1: extend into the other box, man. That would be crazy.
0: I, I, here's that strike one thing zone I, would
1: be insane.
0: But I mentioned this when I had Stanton on, and I, I, I forgot to bring it up with you the last time. I propose something for next year on the Space City Home Sports Network. I propose for just, let's say, a game, or even maybe part of a game, I propose an announcer swap. That's what I'm proposing. Oh. I'm proposing TK and Blummer call... Quarter half of a Rockets game, mm-hmm. and we get Craig Ackerman, <laughs> get Ackerman and Hollins, uh, Hollins Get uh, get them over there into the into the uh, uh, Minute Maid booth and let them. I'm sure Ackerman would love it. Craig's a good yeah, Holl- dude. Hollins would I, fall asleep. I'm not sure what Hollins would do. I'm not sure what that guy
1: would do. But I'm curious, Blummer, You ever tried
0: calling a basketball game before? Have any interest?
1: <laughs> No, no, but I know I would have, a as far as a team is concerned, I would have a distinct advantage because I know TK's called college basketball games in the past oh, and nice. his ability to prepare. I could just be like, that was a good pass, Todd. And he would just run with it and give every number in the world, proving me right. So uh, he would have to, he, he would do the heavy lifting on that broadcast for sure. I'd be like, dude, did you see that? That was insane. You know, I'd be like, I'd like that to guy. S-
0: I'd like to hear the meatloaf call during a dunk. That's what oh, I'd like man, to slamming hear. Slamming
1: some meatloaf would be awesome.
0: <laughs> I'm long, telling long you, range meatloaf. Get get the get the Space City uh, like uh, directors mm-hmm. and all the brass on the phone because I have some ideas in this off yeah, Listen, I'm gonna have a few ideas.
1: <laughs> yeah, I That's have a hard one. enough time convincing them to put me on the show, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I th- I'm just thinking with all the now that you're both at the same network and you're all everybody's yeah. all friendly and working together i say a yep. crossover can't hurt anybody, you know? It's no, like a good. crossover sitcom. You're right, though.
1: I bet those guys would be up for it, too. They're good dudes, man.
0: Especially in, like, preseason or something like that. it would be fun. Spring training, oh, you all. Mix it up. You If, if they had it, like, imagine if the Rockets had a day off and they were in Florida during spring mm-hmm. training. That would <clears> be the time to get Ackerman and Hans up there, get them a little, little call little call on the baseball and see what's happening. And then obviously preseason for you guys. You guys could, you could run the table with that. I can imagine yeah. TK would come out and they'd be like, wow. Um, yeah. Maybe Craig Ackerman wouldn't want him doing that kick.
1: <laughs> TK's good, man. <laughs> he'd, be like,
0: he'd be like, damn. I thought he was just going to mm-hmm. come on there and have some fun. He's on there running numbers. <laughs> yep. TK's the best, man. It would not surprise me one bit. Real quick mention of the D-backs Philly series. I mean, the Phillies... Their lineup looks crazy. First of all, let's just mention that the entire Phillies lineup looks like the cast of Duck Dynasty. Let's just begin right there. But can they hit? Is there anything that they cannot hit at this point? My goodness.
1: No, those guys are possessed right now. They are putting together at bats like we've never seen, it's and unreal. just pummeling baseballs, making you know. I mean, where are they playing at? What's the name of the Citizens Bank Field? Yeah. I mean, it's already a small ballpark. It is yeah. as it is, and then you put those guys in it, and they make it look that much smaller. But uh, credit Wheeler and Nola uh, for being the aces. I mean, they've got right. two aces coming out of that uh, rotation that look freaking phenomenal. And and let
0: me tell you something too. Those guys, in terms of they've had four guys. Is it four separate guys or just four times they've had a multi home run game in this postseason, which is an MLB record? I can't remember. if it well, was, I think
1: I think it's four times because I think it's both Schwarber no. and Castellanos.
0: Right, right, right. Maybe right. or
1: maybe the Tarpers in there too. But I think no, that's I know it. I that think Castellanos- it was- yeah, yeah, I think it was
0: Castellanos, Harper, and then, you know, sure, <laughs> of course. He's a. Schwarzman, I Trey Turner may have had one too. Shoot, man. God, not, I mean, you just go down their, their list. It's their series. I mean, they were ridiculous before, but good Lord. Mm-hmm. They, they are pummeling everybody. One last thing. I wanted to mention a kind of a cool story that I read in The Athletic this morning. I'm not sure if you saw it, but um, the now former Marlins head of baseball operations, Kim Ng. Is it Ng? Mm -hmm. Am I pronouncing that right? Ng. Ng, yeah. Um, She found out that things were going to change a little bit in the front office. Looked like she might get another boss, something like that. And she had a mutual deal to just stay for the 2024 season. She was like, I'm good. Thanks. And not a real shock. I mean, Miami's been kind of a mess down there. (laughs) And of course, Bruce Sherman, their owner, sounds like a total freaking nightmare. Um, But... Look, she's the very first female Major League Baseball executive. And to have the badass nature to be like, you know what? I'd rather work in a good situation than work in any situation. Uh, Kudos, man. That is some – I mean, that is ridiculous.
1: Well, what makes it even more impressive is that she's been in the game, and I'm not sure too many people know that she's been in the game for like 20 years. You know she's worked her her entire career to get to this point to be the general manager, and by the way, she created Mm -hmm. a team there in Miami that competed in the National League East and got into the wild card round. Don't forget that. Right. She has created a culture of winning and gotten some players that can play. So her street cred is way up right now. Yeah. That combined with the fact that she's worked so long to get to that point, but like you said, to be able to have that. that, that, that personal integrity to say, you know what, I want this job, but I don't like the situation I can find better. God, great call. Good for her. Uh, And you know, part of me when I did see that, I was like, dang, that's disappointing that she's leaving. But I was like, dude, how about the bravado to be able to say like, you know what, I'm better than this and I don't need you. I'll go someplace else where I I feel a little more welcome because I'm sure she felt like that hire of a baseball ops president or whoever it was above her. She was kind of a, it was kind of a knock. She took that. She yes. took offense to that. Good for her for sticking up for herself.
0: Well, you've got four daughters, so mm-hmm. girl boss energy is a good thing, right? I mean, Dude, bring <clears> it. the more the
1: look. Becky more Hammett is, like that. Be- yeah,
0: yeah. Becky Hammett is probably going to be the first NBA woman, female uh, NBA head coach at some point, mm-hmm. and it's going to be deserving. Now you've got something like nineteen women working in, in the NFL as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, it, good for them. They, I, th- it, I think.
1: Correct me if I'm wrong too. I don't know if you saw this, but I saw that uh, I can't remember her name. She's with the San Francisco Giants. She filled in at first base coach a couple of times, but she's yeah, one yeah. of the coaches. I think she interviewed for the managerial spot, and that would be that would be a first if that's true.
0: Oh, I mean, can't it's remember just, her name. I apologize. Yeah, I can't remember her name either. I did see that story, and you're correct. Um, you know what a shock that you should pick the best candidate. Period. No, I mean, that's what you do. You pick the best freaking candidate. That's the end of the story. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what any other things that come into it. If you can, it's it. the one thing I've always loved about being a musician is that the only thing people care about when you're a musician is, can you play? That's it. Nobody cares about anything else. Right. That's it. Can you play? If you can play, everybody's like, I don't care. You know? Mm -hmm. And to me, that's one of the great, and I love that about sports. I love the meritocracy part about the athletics where if you're good, you're going to get a chance, right? Sometimes too many chances. If you're, you know, certain people, I'm (laughs) I'm not going to bring up any names right now, there's, (laughs) there's a long laundry list of them, but yeah, man, great for, great for her to be able to stand up and say, yeah, this is, I I love having a job, but I don't want just a job. I -hmm. want a good job, you know? As they said in the birdcage, I'd like this to be, a, uh, I know this is just a drag show, but I'd like it to be a good drag show. If possible, <laughs> a great drag <track> show. <laughs> so good for her for taking that. I, I, I love stories like that. I love seeing people who have the chutzpah to, uh, to make that happen. So that's awesome. So Blummer, any predictions for tonight? I'm very curious to hear if you um, have any
1: thoughts. I, it, it's going to be bold. I feel like everything is bold with the Astros because, like, we've been on this roller coaster ride for the last six months. Now we're trying to ride it for another another month, and uh, we're being tested. Yes. They're being tested, but at the same time, I think El Reptil, considering how he pitched out of some jams in Minnesota, mm-hmm. it's only going to benefit him as far as experience. And if that baseball is yes. coming out of his hand nicely, he's going to keep the Astros close enough. But at the same time. I think that the Astros can get to Scherzer, rattle him, and force him to pitch after not pitching for a good amount of time. And mm-hmm. some of those pitches are going to end up being mistakes. And Kyle Tucker goes deep at least once in game three. Oh, that's a, now that's bold. Speaking of bold, that's a very bold prediction. happened last time I said that last year.
0: <clears throat> it did. Listen, man, I'm not questioning Blumstradamas. He hit two. Nobody nobody's going to question blumstradamus <laughs> not at this point why should we thanks everybody for joining us as always you can find us all over social media at believe in astros blummers at blummer 27 i'm at jeff bulky thanks so much for uh watching and listening um sorry about my uh throat lozenges today i'm getting over a head cold so uh if you ever need one of these, these are handy. Just try not to unwrap them on the show if possible so you don't get a oh, lot of in the thing. <laughs> um, anyway, thanks for liking and subscribing. Keep doing it. Uh, we will talk to you soon. This a- a- I don't believe this ALCS is over that fast. No. Right? I agree. I originally picked the Astros in six. Uh, I'm not sure if that's going to come out true, but I think that this is going to be a longer series than, than people thought in those first two games. We'll find out tonight. So everybody, thanks so much for joining us. We will talk to you guys soon. Have a great rest of the week. And as always, go Astros.
1: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.